Yeah, Cheers. Cheers. Clink, clink. Capital City with Capital J. Yeah, man, we celebrating. Yeah. Celebrating, winding down another season. Another season. Winding another down another year. year. Yep. Man. Let me ask you, though, to start. All right. Did you think we would come this far? Yep. Yeah. 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 I said, um. Now, when you brought the idea to me, I was like, yeah, we're going to be doing this for a while. Okay. Yeah. So we was on the same page in the beginning. We just didn't talk about it. <laughs> right. I knew. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. I, I, I said doing this next year, too. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I, I had uh, quite a few podcasts that I started out with. And um, I told my girl, I said, I think this is the one. And she said, why? I said, because it's specialized. And you got to be a certain kind of person to want to hear what we're talking about. Right. And I've had people like, yo, y'all should do um, the visuals with it. And, you know, so we can see who's talking. And I said, I don't know, because that's kind of like following the trend right now. Because right. everybody say podcast, and the first thing they do is go to YouTube looking for a podcast. And that's a little bit, that don't make it a podcast so much anymore. Right. That's that's just a show. That's just a show. Right. Mm-hmm. And and I say, if you look at the essence of podcasting, even with um, Joe Buttons or the Drink Champs or... The Joe Rogans of the world, they started just audio. And the reason why they went to video, and this is what I'm assuming, is because their name was so big that people needed to see them to associate them with this piece of work. Just hearing the name Joe Rogan, I didn't know who the hell Joe Rogan was. See, then, I was. I was thinking he already had that name. It's his name, but then when I saw him, oh, you didn't know him visually, right? You couldn't, you couldn't place a face with the name, but you knew right. the name. But I, no, right. I, yeah, I knew him visually because oh. I knew him from what Fear Factor, and I and knew him from he was the a comedian, the MMA stuff, or all that stuff he was doing. And but, see, I knew him as a comedian. So when oh, he shit. ended up on Fear Factor MMA, I thought all oh, that was off brand for a comedian. Mm-hmm. But I'm seeing that he's more of a Nick Cannon. You know, right. Nick Cannon's a comedian, but he hosts shows. Mm-hmm. And that's what Joe Rogan is. But I didn't know that at first. I thought he was just a comedian. I'm like, yeah, he's a comedian. Show is everywhere. See? You know what I mean? The MMA, what? You right. know what I mean? Right. So, so <clears throat> and, you know, Nori and Joe Budden, they had rap first. Um, Joe Budden was on the radio after his rap career took off. Yeah. So people was used to listening to him. But then with these new New listeners, you know, the younger audience, they need that visual with it. Right. But I think this what we choose to discuss on this podcast, I don't care if they're young or old, if they take up an interest in it, they're going to find it to consume it. Yeah, and we try to keep it on the same, in the same lane for y'all. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I know it can be frustrating like I learned this in radio, years in radio. My um, my program director, um, Brian Douglas, great mm-hmm. teacher, great radio teacher. You know, he teaches you the ins and outs of the business so you can go on and do something else. And one of the things that he taught us about radio is to stick to one topic per break. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> right. Because, you know, he's like, hey, you know, you got this much time between the time the song ends and when you're going to run the commercials. Mm-hmm. If you start off talking about your feet hurt because you walked here after you had a flat tire, mm-hmm. you finish talking about it, it's time to go to the commercial. Right. Don't finish that. And then be like, you know what? It's a great day and the weather sure is nice. I haven't seen such good weather. You know. Right. You you hit, you hit already did it. Mm-hmm. Stop. And we're trying to stay on one topic. The topic is hip hop. Right. You know, the specialty is what we know best, our area. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we're trying to keep it in that lane so that when you come here, you already know what you're getting. Right. Like, we know. So we're not going to have you walking into McDonald's and be like, here's some pizza. <laughs> right. You see what I'm saying? Right. So if you come here for hip-hop, then that's that's what that's what we're going to give you. And this is the only hip-hop uh, podcast in North Carolina. <laughs> is it the very only one? 
It is Alright Yeah Yeah um, You have rappers And personalities And stuff Who are of I guess the culture That do podcasts But and They talk about All kind of stuff Right Okay That That's why When I posted that I, I did that on purpose Gotcha North Carolina's And it, it's actually The Carolinas Unless it's one In South Carolina that probably getting five, four or five views or downloads that I don't know about. And if I do, please call me out on it. You know, right. I can take that. But we're the only one. <laughs> well, speaking of podcast, you bringing us right to what we're going to talk about today. Let's go. All right. We're doing a podcast. It's hip hop related. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We have both been involved in a lot of different aspects of hip hop. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, from radio, right. club, film, all of this stuff is contained right here between the two of us. Mm-hmm. And anybody listening, we want you to understand, especially young people who get into hip hop. I don't know how many people who are, who are, you know, on the front end of their hip hop careers. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing that we want you to know: hip hop has reached a point now where there are careers. Hmm. You know, there are careers in hip hop. Absolutely. And there's a lot that you can do mm-hmm. that will have you in the life that you want to, you know, in a part of the life mm-hmm. without having to, you know, maybe you can't rap. Right. Maybe you can't sing. And maybe you don't make good music. Right. You can be a part of the life. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, we we have a podcast. Right. <clears throat> um. Ski Beats, we talked to him last week. And outside of the production that we all know that he does, he talked about how he also had an avenue to get extra extra income from the the makers of the equipment mm-hmm. that he uses. Right. Because he uses that equipment out here on the web for all of you to see. Mm-hmm. The makers of that equipment. Appreciate that. Right. And see how it could be beneficial. And that has become an avenue mm-hmm. to bring more income in the world of hip hop. So if you're good at working a machine that's used to to make music, and you, you may not be good at selling your own stuff, but you might be good at working the machine. Mm-hmm. There's a way to make money in that. And, we're gonna, and today we're going to talk about ways to make money in hip hop. Mm-hmm. Without rapping, right. making beats, or DJing, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's a lot of different ways. <laughs> Off top, I found like this one used to at first when this trend first started. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it, hmm. but wait, turned wait, into wait, an. Wait, I'm going. I'm going to tell wait, you wait. what it is. I ain't tell you what it is yet. I know. I I just want <clears throat> before you get to that. I want you. To think about what your job is, <clears throat> because I want you to talk about your job too. All right, yeah, I'm I'm a DJ. Well, I have spent my my hip hop career. Mm-hmm. Most of it has been DJ. That's my biggest resume filler. Right, is DJ. But I can't DJ. So well, see, but under that, yeah, okay, I'm a producer. Mm-hmm. Under that, mm-hmm. I will bust a rap. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Right. Under that, I can draw. My pen game is nice. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Clothes, you know, that's part of the hip-hop culture. I will, you know, hook up your gear. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But what you been doing for the past 20, 20 plus years? 20 plus years, radio and radio-related stuff. That's what I'm talking The radio-related stuff. That, right. That's what. <clears throat> ah. Because people I'm don't a- know that job exists. <clears throat> I'm going to get, right, I need to get into that too. Right. Okay, so first. I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, that's good. That's, I'm glad you did because we're going to get to all of that. The, um, we're going to give you a bunch of ways, a bunch of ways that you can make money mm-hmm. outside of rapping, hmm. uh, DJing, right. and making beats, mm-hmm. but yet still have access to the hip-hop culture. You know what I mean? Right. And one is what I do on on my my day job, quote mm-hmm. unquote air quotes, is um I work for MediaBase. Mm-hmm. And 
behind the behind the scenes of radio, you know, of course you know the radio DJs, but behind the scenes, every song that's played needs to be tracked so that people would know it was played. And somebody has to count the, the spins. And um, there are a couple of companies that do it. I work for one of them. The company I work for is called MediaBase. So when you put a record out, somebody needs to track your spins. Companies like mine and people like me are out here tracking this music down, identifying it, making sure that you get all the credit for every spin that you get. So, um, you know, imagine you put a record out and it plays all over the country and nobody knows it played. So this is how you get your billboard charts and all of this stuff. And there are people actively working behind the scenes, counting the numbers, getting the stats for your song. And they're getting paid to do it. And, you know, depending on who they are and where they are and how much artists appreciate them, you know, they get pulled into the fold too. So you have that for one. That's just what I do behind the scenes or around around hip hop. But the one the thing that I was gonna say that that I didn't like when people first started getting money this way, being a DJ used to get on my nerves hmm. when somebody would pay a host. Hmm. Because I'm I'm a vocal DJ. Okay. I don't need a host. Okay. And if you got extra money to pay somebody else, right. I'm like, just give me the extra money. I'm rocking this mic anyway. Right. You know what I mean? Right. <clears throat> so when you bring somebody else in, I didn't like it. Because uh-huh. I'm like, you mean you had some more money? <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. so I, I was on the mic anyway. Uh-huh. But, you know, I get it because a host, the host has turned into, you know, another performer. Right. And that's something that wasn't always there, at least in our area. Now, you know, other cities, larger places have used hosts. Mm-hmm. But for us, you know, about 20 years ago, right. the host started becoming a bigger part of the party scene. Yeah, yeah. And hosts make money, y'all. Yeah. You know? They're not hosting for free. Yeah, they're not up there for free. We see a yeah. dude up there holding the mic beside a DJ. You think that's his homeboy. And he just, you know, well, every now and then that may be the case. But if you're good at it, you know, People would pay you to come to the party and hype it up. And a lot of people don't know that. You know, money on the table, you're leaving out there. The other thing I didn't like was when they paid the sound man as much as the DJ. But I understand because when you got a good sound man, you sound great. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. So you're thinking, I'm going to bring my speakers out of the house. I'm just going to set it up myself. But that's good. But if you specialize in DJing for the past 20 years and this guy specialized in making a room sound like you got a giant set of headphones on, <laughs> then when they pay that dude that money to bring that sound in and you step out there and hear a good sound changes your whole performance and those guys get paid. Right. So every time I get paid, if I got a sound man, he gets paid. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Right. You know, eventually I just say, you know what? I'm going to go ahead on it. Invest in this yeah, equipment. Yeah, I don't get the rest of it. Well, what it is, I started out with all my own equipment. Uh-huh. But then after I got to a certain level, I had a sound man. You see what I'm saying? Right. Because the type of venues I'm doing, I don't I'm not I don't even have a vehicle Did to you carry the type collar? of sound. You just parked your collar on that? I, I ain't got no collar. I, <laughs> I it was getting hot in here actually. Okay, <laughs> I'm trying okay. to get some air in no, this. I was talking about cause you said you once you got bigger, you oh, did, Oh yeah, once you do, hey man, that's just being real though. Yeah, you know, like yeah. now I'm back to doing my own sound. Let me put it like that. Okay, okay. <laughs> where the pandemic changed a lot. But so. no, nah, I'm talking about before the pandemic. Like uh-huh. here's, I'm, I give you the trajectory. I started off taking my sound everywhere because you know I'm trying to give as much as I can mm-hmm. for whatever price I can get out there and work for. Okay. You know, so you you got a party in the backyard. Okay, I'm bringing my speakers and the turntables. Let's go. Right, right. But then eventually it gets to a point, you know, if I'm going to the to the Greensboro Coliseum Annex, mm-hmm. the DJ a show, and there's 5,000 people, and I ain't got nothing for that. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Right, right, right. So, sound man. Okay. And it's not like every show was that type of show, mm-hmm. but... Eventually, my weekends got booked with the kind of gigs where it's so many people that you need a real sound man to come bring this because I can't fit enough stuff to cover this many people in my car. So you you negotiate the sound man's fee? I you, don't. 
Oh. But I know I have guys on deck, like, you know, on speed dial mm-hmm. who I trust. Okay. And I'll let the promoter deal with them on their terms. Mm, okay. I try to stay out of their business. Gotcha. You know okay. what I'm saying? Okay. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Gotcha. So, um, but I, I do have people I prefer. And if I, I'm in a position to get the guy I want, then I'll get the person that I roll with. Okay. And then they'll pay them. Okay. Okay. You know? Yeah. Now, have you had an experience where you, um, they brought in their own sound person and you was like. Oh, I've had some bad sound, man. But, yeah. but for the most part. Yeah. You know, I'm going to tell you, here goes the funny thing. The worst sound. Mm-hmm. But let me say the best sound. Usually, the best sound, man, I dealt with are guys that you can't find unless you know somebody. Because they don't do social media and all this other stuff. Nah, you got to know these dudes. They say, and they're busy all the time. Mm-hmm. So they're so busy, they don't need to advertise. Okay. You know, the guys that are advertising? Mm hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It's them dudes that that are not advertising. Mm-hmm. And every now and then dudes get so big that they'll just go ahead and start advertising. But they don't put in so much work. Everybody already knows the deal. Right. But yeah. Um the guys who, who come and bring that stuff that'll that'll shake your innards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Like it's that's they've been around for years and years and years and he'll give you a business card and you better not lose it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A lot of times, you know. Okay. And they don't they don't need to be all on the internet and all that stuff. They're gonna work every weekend anyway. Okay. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I didn't like it when they started getting a piece of my money too. But then I, I came to appreciate the host and the sound man for what they brought to the game. But now now that I don't do those types of venues anymore, I have my sound. And I got some good sound now. Like I can you know, I got enough sound where I can be a sound man. Mm-hmm. So when that's another thing I do, <laughs> I'm a sound man too. Yeah. So I would come set up your sound and I know what I want my sound to sound like. So I'm going to have you booming. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Cause I know as a DJ, I can't stand when I can hear people talking in the crowd. <laughs> right. Oh, I'm going to finish shut that down. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to talk, take your butt outside. It's dancing going on in here. Right. You right. know what I'm saying? Okay. So, yeah, the sound man, worth it. Um, lights. Like, I know people equate sound and lights as the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of sound men will bring lights. Right. When you get to a certain level, you know, lights can turn into a separate thing, you know. Mm-hmm. But those guys get money, too. You know, I've... Night today I do more weddings than anything, and at a wedding, mm-hmm. I will bring the sound to the wedding. I don't hire a sound guy for a wedding. I bring my own sound. I can fit enough for a wedding in my in whatever car I have, you know. Okay. But when I get there, um, I can do the lighting. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times you have guys who specialize in lighting up venues for weddings, mm. and they're a whole different. They're totally separate from me. Right, right. You know? It's, Even though we work in concert together, mm-hmm. they're a separate entity. You know, they hire me, mm-hmm. they hire them. Right. And, you know, we don't even talk to each other, you know? Just like, you know, I'm on the film and video side of things, The the you'll have a different sound guy. If, if the guy who's filming for you is trying to do the sound to... It's probably not going to be right. 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 You know? So when you look in the budget things, you you got to look at the budget both if you want a professional. Right. You know, product or whatever. Yep. And um, people people just don't understand that. And, you know, even down to the editor, you know, it takes a, a whole team of people to make a professional, give you a professional project. And yep. um, that's what a lot of people they don't understand, and and the only reason I'm highlighting this or bringing this up is because these are different jobs that or career paths that you can go in and still be of the or a part of the culture mm. of mm-hmm. hip hop. Yep, and we're trying to you know because a lot of times, man, when you like think about it, people who have dreams, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not always compare hip hop to what sports. Absolutely. You got a dream. Yeah. A lot of guys want to be in the NFL. They're coaching today. Yeah. You know, and they, 
you know, a lot of guys want to be in the NBA, the physical therapist for sports organizations. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are so many ways. We're just trying to, we're trying to keep you in the game. Right. If you got a love for it and mm-hmm. you want to be around it, you know, like the sound men that I talk about, man, they don't just do my sound. Like, they get known, and when concerts come through town, the promoters know these guys. Mm-hmm. They right. do the concert sound. Right. And right. you're sitting here watching the show in the crowd. Guess where the sound man is? <laughs> sitting in the crowd with you. <laughs> it, he could be sitting in that thing, you know, where he's yeah, controlling yeah. everything. Right. But guess what? Mm. At the end of the night, every last one of those guys knows the sound man. Oh, absolutely. So you the next time they come to town. Like the sound man is that dude. Right. You know, like artists come in wanting to, you know, if you got any sense. Mm-hmm. You want to be on good terms with the sound man. Absolutely. And nothing <laughs> worse than going to a show and the sound off. Right. Like, bro, did you not show up for sound check right. or something? And that's money. And you could be getting that money. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Right. And then you only have to travel. You stay where you are and another show be here next week and you'll do the sound for that. You might be watching Prince next week. Well, no, you ain't going to be watching Prince. Right. But, but you, know you know, yeah. yeah, you don't know who's coming next week You know, right. if you're doing concert sound. but So that's an avenue to get it. Let's say, you know, let's move on. Well, I'm, I'm I'm sorry. Oh, what you got? What you got? Because this is the year end show. Mm-hmm. Like this this episode is gonna come out tomorrow. Okay, we're not waiting on this because this is the last podcast the of 2021. Right, and I think how we came about about um, discussing this is because this is almost year two physical year 12 months of being in the midst of this pandemic yeah and the traditional ways of thinking about how you could be a part of the industry or making money in this industry you got to think outside of the box at this point right i remember having a conversation with a friend of mine uh when this when the pandemic first happened and he said oh man give it a few months it'll be back to normal and i said nah bro like do you understand this is a a pandemic this is the new normal. That's the part that nobody, you know, that part. That's what everybody's missing. Right. This is the new normal. Right. COVID ain't going nowhere because nobody want to get vaccinated, so it's just here to stay. We could have gotten rid of it like we did smallpox. This is Capital City with Capital J. I had to drop that right there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But instead, we decided we want to keep COVID around, so here it is, two years later. Right. So and, and a lot of this stuff that we're talking about, you can actually do from the comfort of your home. Now, of course, we're talking about the lights guy and the sounds guy right now, which requires you to go out to be a part of. Yeah, they, but, they suffered during this hell during yeah. this pandemic. Yeah, but we're going to talk about a few more things later on that you don't have to leave the comfort of your home as long as you're internet savvy or computer savvy enough. You can make money in the house. Yep. Yep. So since you brought that up, I'm going to talk about some some parts of the industry that, you know, when things as things return to normal, then these jobs will be back on and popping like right. stuff that we just talked about mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> during un, in the early days of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I was watching the news and I noticed that the news people look worse. <sighs> and like where they get them from? It, it, they look bad. And you know why? Yeah. Makeup and hair. Absolutely. They were home. Man, I'm sorry. Those people had to do their own makeup and hair. Oh, girl, they were putting Durham and like somebody should help her out. Yeah. Hey, but I don't, I'm not, you know, I don't know who that is and I don't want no smoke. But, <laughs> but, 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 but hair and makeup, you take it for granted when you're watching TV hmm. and you think that everybody looks fabulous because they look fabulous. Right. And when the pandemic hit, and I saw the news, people on the news looking like Man. zombies. I'm like, oh, hair and makeup is doing a lot of work. Man. And I remember, you know, I was I was blessed enough to be in a couple of videos mm-hmm. back in the day. You used to get your makeup done? They they would make you up, man. Like right. and that right. and I, you know, as a dude, all the guys, you know, everybody like, pick up get that stuff on my face. You know, but the ladies like, hey. You don't want to be shiny on camera. Right. And I'm like, I don't care if I'm shiny on camera. Get this makeup off me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you see what they're talking about. Right. Hey, these people make a difference. Absolutely. And um, and, and everybody, and the lady told me, she said, hey, 
Don't even worry about it. Everybody gets it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, anybody that you see on camera and is serious, they're going to brush them up. Absolutely. And um, those people get paid. Right. And all the artists know them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. They're, they're behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Makeup and hair. Getting it done. Right. You know what I mean? And that includes barbers. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, you know, and I talk about there's work that people forget about when somebody somebody from a small region gets big. They may, you know, a lot of guys go broke trying to support people. Mm-hmm. But you can reach a point where, you know, some of these guys reach a point where they can afford to bring a barber on the road. Absolutely. <clears throat> I'm trying to get there. And when you can, barbers getting it too. Absolutely. You see what I'm saying? Yes. Now yes. you know hair, makeup. They struggling. Here goes another thing. Catering. Every hip hop event, yes. venue over a certain you know past a certain level. Mm-hmm. Right. You may think, okay, what about a concert? Well, guess what? At every concert, mm-hmm. there's a rider mm-hmm. or something. A rider is what the artist wants. Mm-hmm. You know, these are their their requirements beyond the money. Right. You know, like I remember when um, Brand Nubians came, I think, at Shopper Ranks at UNCG. Mm-hmm. I was looking at their rider. And I remember seeing 40s and fried chicken. Mm. <laughs> it sounds. I know. I hate that. I hate that. You know. Witness. I didn't even really think about that. But you know, that's that's so stereotypical, right? But <laughs> but that's you know that's what the artists want. It's like yo, we right. want we want some forties. You know, this is what I forget what my liquor was, but that's what they wanted to drink. I know. Yeah. I don't know if it was Shaba or Brand Nubian, but this is what was on the rider. So these are the things that the artists want you to have backstage. Before they perform, and they won the bucket of fried chicken so they could eat. And you brought up a brand new, and you got to say rest in peace to Stead Doogie, man. I know, right? Oh man, yeah, crazy man. circumstances. That's yeah, another man. podcast. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, hopefully we can get one of their brothers on the phone that was a part of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, let me see who else. We, what else we got here? Oh yeah, we just talking about the catering. Yeah, man. Behind like backstage at a concert. Like everybody who's working the concert, the sound guys, the light guys, the people setting up the chairs, all these people, they, they got to eat. Right, man. And it's funny you said that about the caterers because uh, one of my guys is a a caterer, um, ABC Catering. And uh, we were in the supermarket. Mm-hmm. Um, he had to pick up some last minute things. And I was I was just riding with him. And um, somebody came up to him who, who went to, I think it was like, um, Jodeci and After Seven and all these, you know, R and B legends had a show in Eastern North Carolina, and the woman in the grocery store recognized this guy because he catered the show, right? And I said, "Bro, I was like, that's major. Like somebody recognized you from your food because you catered this show." Hey man, when it's good, you will go find out who fixed this. Yes, you know, but you know when shows come, <clears throat> like um, my boy Dame got chicken and waffle spot. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Rakim came to town, mm. He's performing at the Deepak. Dame's chicken and waffles right around the corner. Oh wow, where he go eat? <laughs> right, Dame started off as a caterer. Oh wow, okay, okay. When I got married, you no know catered the food. Dame's there was no Dame's chicken and waffles back then. He had a different business. We're gonna bring him on and talk about. There's a real connection with 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 food and hip hop, right? You know what I'm saying. We're gonna get into that one day. Shout out, smoking jerk. Now, ah, nice. Now with um those, we still talking about places that are suffering because of the pandemic. So you know these jobs, you it's not something you want to jump right into right now. We want to see how things gonna go because right. you know catering is something that's really really took a. A bigger hit than some of this other stuff because caterers have a lot of food out. Absolutely, and you know, just with COVID protocols, they they're taking a hit. Mm-hmm. Um, venue owners, <clears throat> yeah. that's another spot where you know people don't think about it, but when you when you think about a way to make money, 
if you're able to open a venue that supports hip hop, you know, you make money. You'll be ch- the challenge is keeping everybody safe. But there's money to be made, you know. Right. And guys who, you know, it's not always everybody remembers the spot. But the guy who owned the spot, guess what? Like any club, any town that got a few clubs, you stay open long enough, you're gonna have celebrities come through. And you now are part of the hip hop scene if you own that spot. So venue ownership, you know, is a way to stay in the game if that's what you want to do. You know, provide a venue for dudes to perform. Um, open mics, all that stuff that that hip hoppers like to do. You know, when you provide that, you can get some money and be a part of the culture. Let's see who else? Um, video girls. Mm-hmm. They paying them again, aren't they? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So that hey, and yeah. and as you know, I'm not trying to be shallow, but right. you know, if they they want to be a part of the game too. Absolutely. And you know, you can't rap, can't sing, can't dance. Hmm. If you can look good, mm-hmm. and the right people find out, you know, there's a you know there's a lane for that too. You know, I'm not I'm not recommending anything to anybody. I'm just telling you avenues where the you know where there's a way to stay right around the people that you that you want to be around. You know what I mean? Only fans, <laughs> right? With the music playing in the background, right? Seriously, yeah. Yep. I I recently found out that OnlyFans is not just of sexual content. You can do I mean, anything you want on there. You can do anything you want. Yep. Absolutely. So that's good stuff. Yes. Now these now we're gonna get into some things that are still available. Okay. You know, there's some stuff that you could really consider getting into and you know how ski, um, you know, it's kinda like like a lot of hip hoppers, man. You 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 wear many hats mm-hmm. over the course of your career. And, you know, he started off rapping. And you know, today he's a producer. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, I'm, I've been sipping, man. It was it was a lot more in my glass. Okay. okay. You know what I'm saying? He babysit. Yeah, yes, sir. I'm babysitting. I'm babysitting this. Oh, I see, yeah. Man, this is the last show of 2021. The last show of 2021. Well, look, after I get this this out right here. Okay. Um, I forgot what I was saying. Um, oh, Ski. Ski did ski. a bunch of. Right. He, he did a bunch of stuff and ended up being a producer. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's. That's how this thing goes, man. You got a lot of guys behind the scenes right now uh, doing A and R work. So you take when I when I got it behind the scenes in the industry and started looking around, I noticed like let's say it's ninety six when I got on radio, mm-hmm. and by ninety seven, ninety eight, I'm starting to get to know people behind the scenes. Okay, and I started noticing, you know, I'd be on the phone, or a conference call or something. Okay, and it's ninety seven. I was on a conference call with Cosmo D hmm. from Nucleus that sang Jam on it. He was a radio DJ. Oh, you wow. know, so at one time he wore the hat of MC. Uh-huh. But later on he was he was a radio DJ. Okay. And a lot of radio DJs. Uh, Tasha McKeel used to work at at 102 Jams. Hmm. But when she got there, I was like, "Oh, snap, Tasha McKeel cuz I used to play her record." Hmm. You see what I'm saying? Now, who is Tasha McKee? It's a, it's, she was an artist in Philly. Then she ended up on the radio in Philly and came to 102 Jams and worked for a spell. Wow. You see what I'm saying? Now, now tell the, the importance of 102 Jams. Just, you know, just briefly. Yeah, 102 Jams, hip-hop radio station in Greensboro. Um, historically, the importance of 102 Jams in the, in the big landscape is that was the only place where you could get hip-hop all day on the FM dial. In America, mm. you know, K Day in Los Angeles is known as you know, the, you know, pretty much the first hip hop station that you could really get it all the time, right? But it was AM. Oh, one or two jams. We're doing it on the FM dial. Nineteen ninety, ninety one, ninety two, like right, New York Hot ninety seven. People, here's here's I'm gonna drop this on you right quick. Hot ninety seven did not have a hip hop radio station. Until 1997. New I mean, York. Um, New York. New York City did not have a, a hip-hop radio station until 1997. That's when BLS, 97. WBLS. WBLS was not a hip-hop radio station. Oh. WBLS used to advertise 
We do. We have a no rap work day. Marley Marl and all them was so hot that WBLS would go out of their way to make sure that people knew that you would not hear that boom, bappity, bumpity bump during the day. You see what I'm saying? So as much right. as Kiss and WBLS were known for their mix shows at night, yes. they did not do that during the day. That's what Hot 97 came about. Hot 97 was the first hip-hop station in New York. Oh, you wow. You had uh, college radio stations where you could get, you know, like, hey, Chuck D, Public Enemy, started mm-hmm. off college radio DJ. Wow. You see what I'm saying? Dudes put on many hats. And that's yeah. why I say if you want to get your foot in the game, we're talking about all these other jobs that you can do. Mm-hmm. And even if you still have aspirations of becoming – a hip hop artist and a rapper or a producer or a DJ. Right. These are this is stuff that you can do. So right. you'll be around the people who who can discover you. Absolutely. They'll find out about you. You see what I'm saying? Right. Like uh J. Cole, he was working trying to get his record deal for a long time. Mm-hmm. He's behind the scenes um working as a record rep. A record rep is the person at the label who calls the DJs just saying, Hey man, we got a new record out, such and such. Can you think you can hit it up this weekend for us? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like they when you when you're a DJ on the weekend on the mix show, you get calls like that all week long. Mm-hmm. Every time your phone rings, hey, what's up? It's insert name here from insert label here. Mm-hmm. Did you get my package from from insert artist name here? Right. It's like yeah. What'd you think? Um, it's all right. Can you work into your show? I don't know, man. That and thing. they can't charge you for it. No, nah, no, nah, I can't charge them for it. Right, the radio DJ you, cannot charge for it. No, you cannot charge somebody yeah. to play a record because you're gonna get blacklisted for that. If if you are found out about that, you know you're done. Right, like that's called payola and it's a federal crime. Right, plugola is a federal crime, and that is the version, the same thing, but giving away advertising. And now they they call it artist showcase, <laughs> and they hey. charge the artist to come. Before. Yeah, that, but that's the thing. You can't charge the artist. Yeah, but the radio station can charge artists. Uh, you see what I'm saying? The DJ okay. can't, but the radio station can. Is like, I mean, it's 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 a great line. Like, I noticed some artists are buying commercials. Like, you know, if you find a spot yeah, that let different. you run a commercial of a certain length, right. you just play your song, but you pay for it. But yeah. then you just buy a spot and play your song. I've yeah. seen that happen. So, right. you know, there are ways. You know, people are figuring out creative ways to get their get their payola on. I guess, mm-hmm. but um. <clears throat> But yeah, that's against the law. But A&R, like A&R's record reps, that's behind the scenes work. And like I said, when I got behind the scenes, I see guys that I remember used to have records out. And I was like, wondering, what have they been up to? Right. And they've gone, put on a different hat. And they're successful. Mm-hmm. MC Search. Mm-hmm. Rapper, third base. Right. Later on, you know, he's like the A&R for Wild Pitch or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, later on, he's he's like a, a, a he's a pretty successful record rep. I, mean, I don't want to call him record rep. That sounds like low-level stuff. But, right. but you know, he, he helps artists get their music out there. And there, there's a lane for that. We're going to get to that, too. Because um, <clears throat> in every area or region, the record labels need help promoting their music. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So right. there's, there's always mm-hmm. people behind the scenes bringing the music to people's attention. Mm-hmm. You know, I tried, um, I tried to do it one time, mm-hmm. you know, just to try to get some, some money generating. I was like, I'm going to try to work a project. You know what I mean? Okay. And I, I think um, Cool Breeze. You cool know, Breeze. Cool Breeze, when he came out, he was part of that Dungeon Mob movement. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, um, you know, so when you record rep, they pay you a certain amount for for a project, and they send you the all the material you need to do the work. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm in Greensboro, Winston Salem area. Cool Breeze is coming out. I basically just took T-shirts and the records, made sure all the DJs had the records, because that's the thing. They send me the records for free, and they're gonna pay me to get them out. Right. Then I don't want to. I can't be charging people for the record. Right. And that's when, you know, you're seeing some shady, you know, some shady stuff. Right. You know what I'm saying? But like I said, there's so much money out here in so many ways. But you got guys who who are so good at promoting. That's it. That's what it's called. Promoter. 
Promoter. Promote record promotions. I'm saying talking about uh, record <laughs> rep. That's that's the guy that's calling the house. The promoter is a little bit more. You know, they they're usually more out of the office. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? This is the guy that's at the club. Like you know, he might go to the club with the record in his hand, right? And go to the DJ booth mm-hmm. and be like, "Yo, got this joint right here." And you know, sometimes it's sometimes hot, and you really appreciate that guy stopping through, right? You know what I'm saying, right? Right. But that gives you a relationship with the DJ. But those people know the artists, you know, and they're doing work behind the scenes. They're not rapping, they're not producing, they're not DJing, but they know the artists. And when the artist gets a plaque, they get a plaque. This is Capital City with Capital J. Something for you to do. Dropping jewels. You know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Right. A&R, you know, um, if you think you're good at discovering talent, you know, manager slash A&R, you know, could be a place for you. You know what you think, you know what, what people like to hear mm-hmm. and you're good with people. Right. Then artists, you have to think um, <clears throat> artists are, are a different breed. Mm-hmm. And when from what I found, the more talented a person is the more they need a talented mouthpiece to get them where they need to go. Absolutely. A lot of them that makes sense. get in the room. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Absolutely, <clears throat> yes. So when people, you know, so when you when you meet somebody who's really talented, a lot of times they don't get where they're supposed to go because they don't have the person who got that game the to team get around. them in the door. Right. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. And that is a job. Absolutely. Your managers get 10%. So if that guy, you sitting here, if you know a guy who's dope and can't get anywhere, you're smart, you communicate well, you're articulate, you know how to walk into a room and not offend people, you may be able to get this dude something that he can't get for himself. So if you can convince that person to sign on with you, you know, they don't have to pay anything up front. But let's say you can get this guy a $100,000 record deal if he'll give you 10000 Mm-hmm. That's how managers get started. You right. see what I'm saying? Right. And then you're a manager, you know? And after that, you go looking for other artists to bring to labels. And now you're an A&R. You see what I'm saying? Right. Hey, this go get that money, yo. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> We already... Influencers, like, when we talk to Ski Beats, I think he kind of explained that part. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're good at, at working your craft... right. Then the people who um, the people who make the equipment that you use may just want you to show other people how to work it because they'll get more out of the equipment if more people understand its value. Right. And if it's valuable to you, show other people its value, and you make it pay for that. Just like all those girls and guys you see advertising Fashion Nova. Right. Um, you can do that for Road. Or Pioneer, or I'm probably skipping a lot of other smaller entities, Tascam or stuff right. like that. If you good at using this stuff, put it out there. Show, you know, I think that's one thing that we don't do as a people is spread the knowledge. Mm-hmm. That's why a lot of people don't know about these things because nobody took the time to spread the knowledge and show, hey, I know how to use this. Let me teach you how to use it. Right. That's a there goes on to the next thing. That's a perfect segue. Because mm-hmm. let's say you rap, make beats, or produce. You got a little sister sitting around the house. All she does is on her phone making memes and right. posting TikToks. Mm-hmm. You need to bring her into the fold. She can get you. She knows. Right. You know, people who are always involved in that understand why your posts aren't getting likes mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i'm saying like i post something i don't care you know but but my wife is more savvy with that stuff so if she tells me that i need to change something mm-hmm. more people will see it or more people will like it i'm gonna take her word for it and if you're that person for somebody there's a job that's a job absolutely you see what i'm saying right <clears throat> inside the industry there are people who are totally responsible for everything that goes on the internet that is associated with a particular artist mm-hmm. and they get paid. Right. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yes. You could be that person. 
you already know how to do everything. You might make the most awesome TikToks ever. But if you could turn around and make awesome TikToks for a talented person, mm-hmm. I'm sure they'll appreciate it and reward you. Right. Um, graphics. Back, um, graphics used to be, before the computer, before the age of the computer, graphics were a real specialized area that kind of fell into the realm of photography mm-hmm. and all of that. You know, the people that come take your pictures would put your album cover together and, you know, they you know, they take the picture, they crop things and, po- and paste and do all this stuff and it was a physical act. But today, it's a digital thing and more and more people are able to do it. And during the, the Master P era, that CD era, you remember those those CD yeah. covers that had them phony-looking jewels all over? <laughs> right. That was one guy. Yes, man. And you got to remember, hey, he created a look. Absolutely. Blame. And it was exclusive, and people liked it. Mm-hmm. And he blew up doing right. that. And right. since then, there have been other people who are, whose graphics are, you know, they're known for their graphics, and they keep these artists' graphics popping. And if you're good at that, there's work. You feel me? Right. Like right now, there. Like I would love for this podcast to get me into a college teaching a hip hop class. Yeah, NC that's my State. end game. NC you know State. what I'm saying? I wish I knew his name. That's I, my I, end game. Yes, I said we we're gonna reach out to him. I forgot his name. We're gonna have him as a guest on the show. Yeah, because when I got to school, there were no hip hop. Um, there yeah. were no. Hip hop professors, mm-hmm. but there are now. Bun B's doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, Knife Wonders is teaching. I remember Play at one time was there with Knife Wonder, right? Over there Central, doing it. Right. right? So, so guys are teaching, and and those are people that we name who have pedigree in the game. Mm-hmm. But you, uh, you know, you, I met the the lady that was doing it at UNCG. Mm-hmm. She wasn't a rapper or anything like that, but she did her her PhD thesis. Mm-hmm. On, um, I think it was California hip hop or something. You know, she was from from L.A. somewhere. Okay, and then you know she's teaching hip hop. She didn't uh, have to spend years in the game or get a Grammy to do that. You know, mm-hmm. she, but she knows her stuff, right? And that's that's what it's about. And um, there's an avenue for that. So if you've been spending all this time in and around hip hop and you've amassed all this knowledge, you know. There's a, I would love to monetize all this knowledge. We're gonna talk about that, man. I would yeah. love, I would love to turn this into a curriculum, man. Because um, you know, I love hip hop, man. All I do is pay attention to every change that happens. Right. You know, I think I was born in 1972, right around the same time hip hop was born. It's been here my whole life. Mm-hmm. You know, right. And and I've been loving it my whole life. So what we need to do is get Ski Beats back on the phone to talk to him about that curriculum that he came up with. Yeah, so, that was nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was that was cool, especially because he's doing it on a high school level, right? And we're talking about college, but to even introduce this mm-hmm. at an earlier age, you know, and that's an avenue to get paid. Somebody's got to teach this stuff. Absolutely. So, um, and the stuff that he's teaching puts you in position to become a studio engineer. Mm-hmm. You'll have the the knowledge to do that, right. and guess what they do? They get paid. They get paid. They get paid. I remember, you know, you want to go to the studio, and a good engineer gets paid more. You know, Absolutely. somebody who'll have your joint sound. Like, let's let's we're gonna bring this into the real world. Um, <laughs> you remember the first Wu Tang album? Yes. Ugh. Poorly engineered. Sounded horrible. Poorly engineered. Yes. You know, but you you knew the talent was there. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know, but just for an example, people, a good studio engineer, mm-hmm. then the, that first album doesn't sound like that. Right. You know, the right. first Jungle Brothers album doesn't sound like that. Absolutely. You know, um, yeah. And then on the flip side of that, one thing I noticed is that when we were, like, you know that Los Angeles, like, New York invented hip hop. Mm-hmm. Los Angeles polished it. Absolutely, that sound, man. <laughs> polished it. That sound. Like, for example, when NWA came out, straight out of Compton, man. Even then, the sound of that that rudimentary equipment they're using to make this stuff sound totally different 
than what KRS and them doing. Absolutely. On the West Coast. And you know, their sound mm-hmm. was very similar to what the RZA was doing with Wu-Tang because he, what the RZA was doing was bringing so many different sounds together. Yeah, piling them on top of each other. And that's what the West but, Coast was doing. Well, well see, Hank Shockley and the, well, the Shockley brothers that produced Public Enemy stuff, mm. like they were masters of layering samples on top of samples. I feel like, mm. I feel like they... They had good engineers because to make that much larynx mm-hmm. sound good, right? Somebody had a great ear in the studio. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, and some some <clears throat> good equipment, right? Like they layering yeah. two and three drum tracks on top of each other, and, you right? Know, like, yeah, and we it, didn't it even was, know. Well, I didn't even know that as a fan. Yeah, it was hard work, man. I can imagine studio engineers like, oh god, public engineer. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Like, you know, they come in there with two SPs. You see? Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, right. so, so yeah, man, it, that, yeah, that was. And that's they, how you dropped that joint today on Instagram, man. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to pull the, Ski may pull the SP out, man. I wish you had to let it go longer. Ah, yeah, because that bass line, when that bass line kick in, it was Yeah, man, give me a whole stupid. minute. Drop it as a reel instead of a post, All man, right, so I you do, can go longer. I'm going to do a reel. Matter of fact, I'm going to post a whole song. I got the whole yeah, song. Yeah, you can do that. The song was dope. Man, yeah, why does I does it? Shout out, um, that I always say his name wrong, Dahlia, Dahlia, yep, yeah, yeah, and Damon, right, yep, hey, (laughs) good stuff, man, right Right. now. So, you could be working as a studio engineer, getting that money, spending late nights with your favorite artist, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're gonna develop a relationship with the artist if you the engineer on that album, right? Because even the producer. Not gonna be in the studio as long as the engineer. No, absolutely. The artist not yeah. gonna be in the studio as long as the engineer. No. That's the guy who, you know, he got his hands on your product. Mm-hmm. On your product. Um, <clears throat> now here's one that a lot of people don't want to admit that exists, but these people get paid. Mm-hmm. Ghostwriters. Ghost. Absolutely. Gilly the Kid. Let me say it again. Currency. Ghostwriters. Right. Right, right, right. Like, I never heard of that guy. Who is he? Because he's been ghostwriting. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, you remember um, when Tupac got shot? Hmm. The elevator doors come up in the studio. Mm-hmm. Whose studio session was it? Trivia question. I forgot. Lil Sean. Uh, who the hell is Lil Sean? Ghostwriter. Oh. <laughs> but he got his own deal. Right. But this a guy he was writing stuff. I think uh, I think he might have written some of Father MC stuff back in the mm. day. You know, Father MC was great. Performing at the front door. Now Father MC, uh, all you want from me is one night stand. Right. If you do for me, Father MC brought Mary J out, put some respect on his Absolutely. name. Absolutely. You see what I'm saying? I thought he was from North Carolina. <laughs> no, he he had that North Carolina flavor, but I don't know yeah. where he was from. But. Lil Sean was behind the scenes writing. He got a chance to put a couple of songs out himself, and I thought they were good. Mm. But, um, but you know, he's right. he, was a, he was a writer. Yeah. And that's the biggest secret in hip-hop is that hip-hop has songwriters. Man, it's not People a don't understand it. Nah, nah, I, think it's, I think it's a secret because yeah. artists don't even want to, like, a singer will admit that a song was written. That such such wrote the song for me. It was such a beautiful song. Such a beautiful oh, song. Dangerous. I had to sing it. Yeah. But how many rappers have you ever heard, man, Kanye wrote this joint and I had to have it? You know? Boy, I wrote this for Kanye. Lil Wayne never admit that nobody, he had it Nobody wants to admit that. Look how, but they're there. Right. Every now and then you'll find out by catching the reference track. Mm-hmm. Like um, Biggie. What, Biggie wrote a lot of stuff for people. Absolutely. And, you know, like, for example, uh, you remember Shaquille O'Neal and Biggie song, You Can't Stop the Rain? Biggie wrote the whole track. You can tell he wrote that whole yeah, song. Man, Come on, Shaq man. Shaq ain't never spit like that before. He was spitting. And here's the deal. If you got the 12-inch single, I'm talking to my DJs. Mm-hmm. If you got the 12-inch single, yeah. on the flip side, they got the track with Biggie spitting the middle verse. Go back and this check is it Capital out. City with Capital J. Okay, okay, okay. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And I know that came from the reference track. Yes. There's a track floating right now. Um, Queen B, Lil' Kim. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Biggie rapping the whole thing. Oh, yeah. Probably, yeah. You know, it, the reference track is like, I'm going to write it. Right. Then I record it so that you can 
reference it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, this is like I said, it's kind of weird for stuff like this to happen in hip hop because people yeah. don't talk about it, but it does. You right. think it doesn't happen, but it happens a lot. It happens. Um, you know, kind of like the way that Floetry did Butterflies. Mm-hmm. They, that was their song, but Michael Jackson turned it into a reference track. <laughs> right. He was like, ooh, I like that song. Can I have it? You know, I mean, what do you say? You don't say no. No. That song period. was actively out on their album at the time. Yes. And they gave it to Michael Jackson. I would give it to him, too. Bigger. You know what I'm saying? Shit, like Ski said, now, this ain't the takeaway from this dude's lyrical ability, but Ski said feeling it. Was his track Right And Hove Yep But see But he wrote You know He wrote the song But he still he Like he used The cadence And the All of the, that. the vibe You know Right And that's You know That makes Ski A co-writer Of that song mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying Yes And there's You know That's an avenue Y'all writing music And um, There's a chick Named Jazzy Mm-hmm. Uh, you remember uh, Lemonade? All the juice, oh, they got me tripping. Right. Ice, lemonade, my neck was dripping. Mm. I can play Jazzy's version. Okay. I like it better than uh, than the other one. Okay. But it turns out that she is the songwriter. It Ooh. was her song. Like old buddy from Durham. And, and I don't know if she made it to give it away to somebody. Right. But her version is dope. But I think what happens is she made the song in the same way that Jay-Z like feeling it. Yeah. Maybe um, Don uh, Don Tolliver mm-hmm. and them said, you know what? It's because the same guys that produced her song mm. produced the other one. Okay. And the beat varies, but this beat is very similar. And, you know, it's the exact same words. It's not like they changed it. Right. But the way she performs it, it's almost closer to an R&B song than a rap. But she raps. But, you know, it's almost like, okay, it's a song. They they bought a song off her. Mm. She's a songwriter. I think she I think she won a Grammy for writing something else. Just like she's, she's out there writing for a lot of people. Right. But right. this is one where you might not even, like, you never know. Like, what? She wrote that too? Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, she's out there getting it. Matter of fact, I'm going to see if I can pull up some of her credits, man, because... 59. Yo, word. Yeah, I'm going to pull up some of the credits because we're going to take some off the front. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, man, songwriter. Uh, I'm going to tell y'all another lane as soon as I get finished with, with some of her credits. She co-wrote Old Town Road. Nuff, enough about her. Oh, wow. All right. <laughs> right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. There's a lane. So while Nice X is on stage, Pole dancing with the devil, she get paid quietly in the background. Wow. You see what I mean? Right. Um, and the other avenue, hook writer. Like sometimes you may not write the song. Right. But if you're nice with them hooks. Absolutely. Like, let's think about Nate Dog, for example. That's a name. Rico Barino. Man in Greensboro. Yep. Like, yo, if you want a hook, mm-hmm. that's the guy. Hey, man. That's like, that is the like to me, like after Nate Dog. It's mm-hmm. Rico. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, what? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Right. So that's a that's a lane. And mm-hmm. he ain't the only one. Um, you know, uh there are a lot of female artists that start off doing these hooks. That's how Mary J. You first heard Mary J on Father MC track. You mm-hmm. know, you first heard Shanti back there doing hooks on other songs. Cassie doing hooks. Right. Missy Elliott, you know, uh, well, she was part of a girl group first, but yeah. But you know, she's written a lot of stuff. Like, you know, we mm-hmm. we know Missy as Missy Elliott. She probably got her chance to do all that solo work because of all the work she did for Genuine and Aaliyah oh, and all of these people. How you think Puff found her? Boy, you see what I'm saying? Oh man, and then is. and then uh, you know, when she got her chance you know, mm-hmm. like sports, when they put you in the game, yeah. you go out there and she dropped 30. Hell she, yeah. he, 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 that was like dropping 30 in your <laughs> debut game against the Lakers. Right. You see what yeah. I'm saying? Right. So after that, it was literally, you know, it was the Missy show. But she earned that and she did work behind the scenes first. And had she never, ever become Missy Elliott, the performer, she would have had a full-fledged career mm-hmm. anyway and everybody in the industry still would have known her and praised her name behind the scenes. Absolutely. You see what I'm saying? So, I think we did we cover all the... That's that's a lot of stuff that you can get into. So, kids, if you're trying to become a part of hip-hop, hey, you know, it's more to it than just rapping. Mm-hmm. 
uh, making beats or DJing. Right. You know, plus all that stuff is high profile. People come rob them folks. <laughs> they ain't thinking about the manager. Absolutely. You know. Yes. <laughs> you do. You do it right. You make more money than the artist. <laughs> right. Not to say get over nobody. Nah, nah, I ain't saying how. that. I'm not saying that. But man, go get. You know, go get it, man. We created. This is, this is our music, mm-hmm. and we created a lane. So we also created an economy. So take part in it. You know what I'm saying. The more people that actively take part in this economy, the stronger it's gonna be. Right. So you know, use your sound, man. Mm-hmm. Pay the host You know mm-hmm. They're gonna turn around And put money in the community Who's gonna go to these stores That sell clothes um, You know The little The little spot You know That got a few pairs of sneakers And a few fly outfits Those people that you Spend the money with You know right. So we are gonna support We're supporting all these businesses and On this whole economy That's based on hip hop mm-hmm. But You gotta You gotta Don't complain When it's time to pay people You know what I'm saying Right Cause this is what it's worth and the, you know It's worth it Go ahead and do it man Bite the bullet man Pay everybody And keep this economy going Right You know We gotta do it Because they you, know, you can't expect Somebody else to come in here They're not and, gonna do it And do it for us They're gonna see The opportunity And do it for themselves mm-hmm. And then we'll be paying them right. To do your hair And your makeup <laughs> And bring the sound And engineer your studio session Right And manage your career And find the next top artist So these are all things that you could do. So let's go get it. This is Capital City with Capital J.